0: and it is good to be with you this morning we have a passage here that kind of as i read it it just makes me think it makes me sometimes when you're studying passages of scripture it doesn't necessarily resonate with the moment you're in or the situation that you're you find yourself in In fact so a lot of times when you're reading scripture the scripture is interesting but it doesn't touch maybe the reason why you're seeking out god and god's word that morning And it may not be contextually where you were at in your walk with God that day. But when you read it, you sit down and you go, I need to remember that. I need to uh, think about that in context. And maybe it begins to smooth out or round off my understanding of a certain situation, a certain idea, a certain understanding of how God works and how God operates. This is one of those passages. This is quite clearly one of those passages. And it is important because of the place we find it after they've triumphed over the Egyptians right on the other side of the Red Sea. So this is really the first place where people are walking out their salvation. They're walking out their relationship with God. And obviously, we started in last week and we dealt with chapter 15, verses 1 through 18. Where Moses he sings a song. And Moses is their leader. There's no question about that. He is he takes on the position of deliverer. And him being the leader is important. You also see that he sings a long song, and that song deals with the understand some of the great understanding of salvation. It also opens your eyes to the sovereignty of God, God sovereignly being. In charge of things, it opens you to the idea of God being uh, completely in control, completely powerful. Those are great understandings. We I did a whole study on that last week. It felt like I was back in the Book of Psalms, and it is the absolute important thing that we have to learn as we walk with God. That it is important that we worship Him, and worshiping Him involves it involves our actions, but it also involves our the songs of our heart. It involves prayer. It involves speaking with him. It involves allowing him to speak to you and you to hear him and to act upon it. All those ideas of worship that we talk about over and over again, they're important right here. But here, <clears throat> after Moses speaks, you got to remember that Moses has a sister and a brother that t- play really key roles in this whole journey that the Israelites are going on, and I don't think that's by accident. Moses is quite clearly the deliverer. He's the leader, but Aaron and Miriam, the his sister and brother, and oftentimes when Miriam is mentioned, she is called the brother of the sister of Aaron, and the reason that is is because, remember, Moses is taking on this picture, this role of being the leader, the one who is leading them out, redeeming them. And so he's taking the role of Christ. And then if you're going to take that picture and place it in the salvific process, if you're going to kind of look at it and say, okay, how does this work with everything else? You you realize, okay, then obviously Aaron and Miriam are a picture of those who are leading God's people at playing the role of the Christian leader in the world today, the, those who take on leadership roles and do important things. And you can't miss out that when things are happening, when things need to go on, that Aaron is, he's the chief priest which is a picture of us. He's the one who takes on the role of going before God and doing the sacrifices. But Miriam is playing an active role of leadership. And I don't want you to miss out on that because when I was growing up in ministry, when I first, it was going on far before I went into ministry. It was probably going on when I was a young man, a teenager and in college. But there were a lot of arguments and consternations, especially in the Southern Baptist Convention or the Baptist faith. There was a lot of issues about women's role in leadership. And I know that there tends to be people take, take, people tend to gravitate to the ends of the argument. Some say no role, be silent. And then others say they can do anything. And, I often, whenever there is such polarization in views and and a large majority of people, or maybe not a large majority, but a large group of people tend to toward the ends of those things, I tend to wonder, is that really the where we should be? Should we be in either camp? And the truth is, I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is not only some key passages of Scripture, but also some passages that are... Enlightening. They just give us, they give you some light and some understanding. And this is one of them. And especially in the book of Exodus, the role of Miriam is important to me. I, as I study it and as I look at it, it's very important because Miriam is no minor character in this story. She is no minor character in this story. She quite clearly is a leader. She's quite clearly a leader of the women in this passage here, obviously. And she is taking on an important leadership role, and she has been all of Moses' life. You need to see that. She's the one who watched Moses in the basket. She's the one who brought her mother to, uh, to Pharaoh's daughter and made her the nursemaid for Moses. She's the one, in many ways, who has been the silent force in the background to help Moses achieve what he's achieved. She's taken on a big role. She's taking on a big role, and she's taking on a big role here now. She's taking on a big role under Moses's leadership. I think that's real important because, as you see, if you if you look, it says, "Then Miriam the prophetess." Notice she has a title and a position that's clearly spelled out in Scripture. She's Miriam the prophetess. That means that's that is a spiritual position. That is a points to her her giftedness. And she had spiritual gifts and she was using them and it points to a title or position in, in, in a role in leading the children of Israel, Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron. Okay. She's, she has got a clear important place because Aaron's the brother of Moses took the timbrel in her hand and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances and Miriam, he answered them, sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. And I want you to see that, that he, she is singing a version, she is singing a version of verse one of this chapter, the very first verse of the song that Moses sings. He says, I'll sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and its rider he's thrown into the sea. She says, sing to the Lord, for he is triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider, he is thrown into the sea. Slight difference. There is actually a little bit of difference in the, in the wording here. At the very start, Moses says, I will, meaning he's taking on that role of personally teaching you how to have your personal worship. What is she doing? She doesn't say, ah. She says, this, this word here is you sing to the Lord. For he is triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider, he is thrown into the sea Now, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, you can look at this and say, there's some clear understandings I can get from this. First of all, Miriam is important. She's a prophetess. She is the sister of Aaron. She is taking on a leadership role. How is she leading in leadership? First of all, she's a prophetess. But second of all, she takes the timbrel in her hand. And uh, I would be dangerous with one of those, I'm quite sure. And I don't even know what they are, really. Actually, it's one of those things you do rhythm with that clangs. I don't know. I would be terrible with that. Anyway, she takes the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. Okay? So she is leading worship, and she is leading the women who are following her in worship. Now that's a leadership role and she's got a position and she's got a place in this whole movement because she's the sister of Aaron and because she's leading in worship and notice and Miriam answered them, meaning she is teaching them how to lead worship. So we have females leading worship. Okay. Now in one camp, when I was growing up, there was a group that said, this couldn't happen. Now, as I'm studying this, you go, that's Old Testament pastor. I know, but we got to look at the pictures, the pictures in the Old Testament. The Old Testament's our schoolmaster. It teaches us things. And this is teaching me something. What is it teaching me? It's teaching me that women can lead worship. They can lead in song in worship. It's It's quite clear. And not only that. That change in that word right there is very important because Moses said, I will sing to the Lord. He is teaching them how to personally, when you go into worship, and I've always said worship is very important that the songs, or at least some of the songs, speak to God directly in the first person. You and I come to you. You do these things for us. It's a song between you and God. Now, not all songs have to be that way. You can get dogmatic. You can get into two camps on both sides of the river. Oftentimes, we love to come up with rules. I'm not being legalistic, but I think a song or two during worship needs to be very personal toward God. It needs to be first person or needs to be very intimate where you're singing directly to God. And that's what Moses is teaching him. He says, I'm going to sing to God directly. And he sings this beautiful song. What does Miriam do? She says, if you want to sing to God directly and you're going to write this beautiful song, I think we all ought to sing it. And so she grabs the temple and she starts dancing and the women go out with her. And then she teaches them to sing. And this is sing to the Lord. Notice it's you sing to the Lord. The you's not there, but the you is implied in the word. You sing to the Lord, meaning I'm teaching you. Y'all say not just Moses sing. Everybody sing. Now, notice that's important spiritual principle. Just because someone's a great singer, songwriter, they're not singing for you. Just no one can worship for you. No one can go to God for you. I may be able to preach God's word, but no one can hear the Holy Spirit for you. You have to hear him yourself. God has to reveal his word personally to you. There's people that play roles in helping you in this, But the truth is, it's between you and him. And that's what Miriam is teaching them. Miriam is teaching them that Moses sang this song, but it's not just Moses and God. We need to join him in these activities. We need to be doing these things. We need to be actively a part of what God's doing. And she says, you sing to the Lord. He's triumphed gloriously, meaning there's a reason to praise him. The horse and its rider, he's thrown in the sea, means he's more powerful than anything we know of. Now, today we would say the tank and the jet fighter, but at that time, it's the horse and its rider. He has conquered them and thrown them into the sea, and she is leading the people in worship and teaching them to worship. That's the purpose of her singing. Does she sing the whole song out in this? No, and I think that's important. That's telling me something. What is it telling me? It's telling me, that I don't have to go through all that she sang to them because I'm already ready. But what I do have to know is, she is teaching them to sing the song that Moses just sang. She's teaching them to sing songs just like Moses was teaching them to sing songs. She is taking a role of leadership. Now, how does that role play out? What offices do we hold on? I love it, I love, people love titles and positions. You give somebody a title and position and they are fired up about it. And it's crazy sometimes. All right, listen, I can pay, pay you $15 an hour and you can be the worker. Or whatever, I'll pay you $12 and worker $12 an hour and you can be the working engineer over this area of work in our work. And you go, oh. the higher position i want the engineer of the working position it's ridiculous no you don't no you really want the 15 dollars not the 12. you you don't want the title and the 12. you want the money and the not the title and so many times in 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 ministry and so many times in churches we love our titles and there's one title that I, i i think is important because it's important for people to understand my position, my role, and that's pastor, pastor, teacher. But other than that, that's the only purpose in that title is not to make me above you. It's to make you, it's to give you an understanding, okay, this is the one who is going to be teaching God's word primarily. Not all the time, not every situation, but he's the primary teacher of the church. okay that's a great thing and pastor is shepherd it's a it's a it's a protector it's a it's one who oversees the flock he takes on a role of, of making sure that he's doing his role and his job that's the job I have is a shepherd i'm a shepherd i'm a pastor those two words are synonymous with each other and so understanding that's the role now <clears throat> i don't have to have a bunch of titles in order for you to understand that when you're at our church, I don't have to have that. And oftentimes people get all caught up in the titles. I'm not caught up in the titles, I'm caught up in what you do. And that matters. The role that you play in the church can have no title and be of the utmost importance. And the role you play in the church can have a big title and have no importance uh, because of the person who's wanting to do it because of the title. I want you to hear me today that it is obvious that women have a role to play in the church and, and a very important role to play in the salvific process that they are going through after they cross over the Red Sea, and Miriam's going to play a big role in it. She is, and there's no way to get around that, and there's no way to, to read that out of Scripture. Miriam leads in worship. The first major worship time they have as after they cross the Red Sea is being led by Miriam, the sister of Aaron, the sister of Moses. And it is, it's just something to kind of log in the back of your brain. And when people want to be legalistic or dogmatic about certain things, I always just think about those things. I always make sure they're right there in the back of my mind, so I can call them up. They take a few minutes the older I get for them to come up, but I call them up and I think, That's not totally right. And the reason it's not totally right is it's quite clear that from the very beginning, women had an important role to play in the church, and they should today also. And understanding that and where that falls out and how that should be done is something to wrestle with in your own mind and heart. But I can say this, I can say this, that in every church I've been in, and as much as any in the church I'm in right now, Women are very important and without them, we could not have church. And to tell you the truth, they play a fabulous role of leadership in our church. And we should honor that. We should honor that in every possible way. And I do. I am so excited to pastor this church and the women in the church because they tend to, they tend to follow and they tend to take to heart the things that are said even in a way us hard-headed men struggle with. And I praise God. for. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.